Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Good morning, everybody. Um, who of you have seen that before, that video before? We will be showing it throughout the rest of the month. And I think next month. The, the reason why we're doing that is that I think that all of us need a reminder. Myself, oh, no, not that one. There we go. Uh, myself included about what church is. Uh, so you might have realized that over this, this month uh, or the po- uh, past few Sundays and quite a few Sundays to come, we're going to be talking about why church and, and, and what is church all about. Um, so I know this would be shocking to many of you, but I haven't always been a believer, you see. I became a believer, a Christian, when I was 16 years old. But when I was 14, I went through my little rebellious stage. I don't know if it counts because I went, you know, drinking with my family. Ludwitz, what can we say? Um, but um, I went through that stage, and then I became a believer at 16. And, and one of the things I remember is, you know when you do the Lord's Supper, and you take the little communion glasses? Now, remember had my rebellious stage before becoming a believer, I had to learn that you need to drink it really, you know, like godly-wise, you know, like this, not, you know, you know that one? You know that one? And so I had to kind of watch the people around me going, okay, oh, we're sipping, we're sipping, okay. And, and so very often what we learn about life is we watch others around us, and we, we see what they do, and uh, in church, very often when, when you're new at a church, you're like, okay, everybody's standing, it's time to stand, Okay, and, and so we take our cues from the people around us. Um, I thought this would be appropriate time to show a highly intellectual um, video. Uh, it says here, inadvertently, Roy dooms the entire earth to annihilation when in an attempt to be friendly, he seizes their leader by the head and shakes vigorously. You see it? Far side, it's awesome. But basically, we, we get so used to doing things in a certain way and we watch others, and that's the, the behavior that we adopt. Um, like I said, I was new to church. Uh, I became a, a believer when I was 16. I, uh, you know, I was always around other people, but the moment I chose Jesus, by the way, I love the sound of babies in our church. That's why we are New Song Family Church. Yeah, uh, please note, Lena does not have a baby in her hand, but because uh, there's two, but yeah, we'll allow it. You carried them, you're good. So... <laughs> So, yeah, so it's just awesome. Just want to make sure you guys, we love the sound of family in this church. Okay. Um, when I started church, around uh, about the same time, my uncle, who was three years older than me, he got confirmed in a German church. And all I knew was that it made me very mad because he got gifts. He, like, got a camera and he got money and he got all that stuff and I didn't. Okay. Uh, because we were in a different denomination. And so I had to learn that church wasn't about getting cameras and gifts and all those awesome things. It was about a relationship with Jesus. And so today we're going to be spending some time uh, looking at what is church membership. I just want to preface all of us. You know that saying, if you find a perfect church, make sure you don't step foot into it because then it won't be perfect anymore. You know that quote? Okay, so let's, <clears throat> let's just put that out there. There is no such thing as a perfect church. All right. So number one, church membership. What does it mean? On Thursday evening, much to my dismay, I got a message from Virgin Active Gym saying that I couldn't go exercise the next day because I was planning to because of the water. And I was so dismayed because I was going to get up really early and go to the gym because I'm a gym member, okay? 
Church membership is not a gym membership where you go and you go, why is stuff not working? Okay. You know, I was going to come visit and then you weren't there. You know, that kind of stuff. So, so we need to be guided by scripture when we look at what is church membership. Last week, Brian uh, uh, spoke about the, the church in Acts 2. Just quickly, what, what, what's one thing you remember about that? The birds. I love it. Remember the bird. It was awesome. Okay. If you weren't around for that, I'd recommend that you go watch it. It's about in Acts chapter 2, what the church, the early church looked like and the way that we are supposed to look like. And so when when we go through this, we need to be guided by Scripture. It's not human standard. It's what Scripture says and the standard that God puts in front of us. So in our church, what does membership, in New Song Family Church, what does membership mean? Well, what it means is you get a little sticker and then you get coffee first. Just kidding. Okay. No. Membership in this church means that you are part of making the decisions about the way we're heading forward. Okay. It doesn't mean uh, that there's certain uh, perks or whatever. It means that you are accepting the responsibility and the, the role of, of being part of deciding where we go as New Song Family Church. Whether that's in budget meetings, whether that's talking about the constitution, Uh, appointing new staff members. It's a responsibility that you accept as a membership. You don't have to give your bank detail members uh, bank details. I've got other ways of figuring that out, okay? Just kidding again, guys, guys, okay? I've been on holiday. Don't worry, next week I'll be boring, okay? But uh, it's not about that. So when we we, uh, look at Scripture, we see in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's speaking about what is... Uh, supposed to happen in church, and that each member is part of this whole body. So when we, when we read the Bible, we often think that everything was great, but we have to look at the city of Corinth, okay? So the city of Corinth was kind of like a port city. Uh, it had a lot of different cultures there, uh, Romans, Greeks, uh, Jews, uh, Oriental from the, from the east, and so there was a lot of different cultures in that area. We also know that the temple of Aphrodite was found there. So uh, promiscuity was a huge thing. Apparently, uh, I read last night that it said a way that you could insult someone with loose morals was to say, oh, you're such a woman from Corinth. Shocking. Okay. But that's, that's the church uh, that Paul is writing this letter to. So, so I always find scripture says so much better than I do. So let's read through this. Okay, it says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Or if your head was a hand, how would it be sh- No, that's not in here, sorry. But our bodies have many parts, and God has just put each part where he wants it. Okay? God, there's a verse in, in, in Esther that says that uh, God de- determined where you were born. No, that's an X. That where you were born and where you were at uh, the time that you're living. And here it says that God has put each part just where he wants it. You are not here by accident this morning. Okay. God knew this before the world began, that you would be here this morning. And whether you call to this church or another church, that's between you and the Lord. 
but each person has a role to play. It says then in verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is part of it. The moment that you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you become part of his body, and you have a role to play. For any church to function the way that God uh, intended it to, we all have a role to play. It needs all of us, every single one of us. Um, also note that if there's a part missing, it hinders the body. Okay? If a foot doesn't work, we have to use crutches. If the eyes don't work, it's considered a disability. Who of you have ever had neck pain? Okay? I, I have friends that have chronic neck pain, and then I get a little, you know, when you sleep funny? What's that saying? When you're, you know, when you're five, you could fall out the tree, land on your head, and you'd shake it off. Now you, you know, sleep funny, and you can't turn your neck for, for a month, the older you get. But I've, I've you know, and, and then, then you have to go, hi, you know, and it's, I'm like such a whip. But, but that's, that's what says that we all have to function together. Leprosy, if you remember, especially from, from the uh, olden times, leprosy, there was this myth going around that your limbs would fall off. But actually what happens is that with leprosy, your body's nervous system, including the sensory nerves, get damaged. And so what happens is that you don't feel pain. So people would wear uh, or, or step in a piece of glass, not feel the pain, and would get infected, and then the limb would have to be amputated. You actually read stories of because people couldn't feel uh, pain in the extremities or they couldn't feel it, in poorer areas, the rats would nibble on their fingers and their toes, and they wouldn't be able to feel it, so they wouldn't wake up. And so even pain plays a role. And so when we have a look scripturally, there is no such thing as a non-functioning church member. Now remember, when you speak about church member, we're not talking about what we understand today, you know, part of being the gym or whatever the case may be. We're talking about being a church member of God's church. There is no such thing as a non-functioning church member. The passage before the, uh, Corinthians 12 is about spiritual gifts and how we function as a body of Christ. Uh, one of my gifts is, is teaching. Uh, I love it because people have to listen to me and I can send them out the class if they don't. Um, jokes, jokes. <laughs> but uh, as you know, I'm also a teacher at, uh, at the school here. And so God has really um, given me a passion for teaching. And, and the moment that I love as a teacher at school is when you're trying to explain a difficult concept and you see that moment of realization and understanding come over a student. That one. Oh, now I get it. Oh, it's easy. And you go, yeah. <laughs> okay. That moment is, is when I feel that I'm doing what God has asked me to do. In YWAP, it's, it's those moments where you're teaching and all the kids are listening. They're not on their phones. They're not talking to each other. They're listening. And you see them connecting on a heart level while talking about Jesus. That's when I know that I'm doing what God has called me to do and what God has gifted me to do. This morning, in our church family here, each one of you has a very unique gift that God has put inside of you with your personality, with your character, with your skill set, that only you can do. As I look around, I see so many people and I see so many stories and I see so many giftings. And God intended all of that to be part of what we do as a church family. So I don't do puzzles but I'm, I'm told by those that do puzzles, the worst thing that can happen is you're missing a piece. Is that so? You like build this huge puzzle and then you're missing a piece. 
each one of you, each one of us, is a piece of this incredible puzzle that God has built. We won't draw that analogy too far, but with one part missing, we are not complete. So, what are your spiritual gifts? And how do you use them? Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Just put up, I'm not going to ask you, maybe. Just put up your hand if you know what your spiritual gifts are. Okay. Put up your hand if you'd like to find out what your spiritual gifts are. Put up your hand if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. Okay. So I think that is something that we need to do, is have a look at what are your spiritual gifts. Because there's a blessing, and that's when I feel alive, when I'm doing what God has called me to do and what he's equipped me to do. And so each one of us in this church family have a role to play in this, this huge adventure that God has called us on, a role that only you can play, that nobody else can. What's, what's interesting is that um, Corinthians 12 is followed by Corinthians, guess what, 13, okay? What does Corinthians 13 say? It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or, prude, uh, prude, or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Sorry, mom. And keeps no record of being wrong. I was a little bit irritated. Uh, It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Why do you think Corinthians 13 comes after 12 when it speaks about we all being one body? Because we'll need love, a lot of it. Because we're dealing with people, we're dealing with each other. There are times where I don't even understand myself. How can I expect somebody else to understand me? And so all of this membership and and unity, we need love to cover it all. And especially that part about love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance, including what people think about COVID. We need to love people. There was a, a, a statement that I read uh, the other day. It says that we are the only Bible that some people will ever read. And that, that freaks me out a little bit. But how true is that? Uh, that people will judge who our God is and what it means to be a believer by the way that we live our lives. And we see that unity in, in the Bible is such an important uh, aspect. And God speaks about it over and over again. I'm going to... Um, Read this passage in in, uh, Romans 14. Again, the Bible says so much better than I could ever, and it says this. Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong or what they believe about COVID. Sorry, guys, it's not in there. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you, who am I, to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge them whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced about whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord. Since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we do not live for ourselves, 
or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be the Lord both of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer because of what they believe about COVID? Sorry, guys, that's also not in there. Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each one of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I think that in this day and age that we're living in, there are more things to divide us than there are to unite us. And we have to hold on to Jesus. And I was just going to, you know, drop it. But whatever we believe, what I'm seeing right now amongst believers is that COVID is such a divisive factor. So what I want to ask all of us is, regardless, or as we like to say in Namibia, regardless, of what we believe, whether it's true, whether it's a hoax, vaccine, not vaccine, whatever the case may be, can we as believers follow what God asks each one of us to do and to love each other regardless of what the other person believes? that we choose Christ first, because that's what scripture says. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when, when praying for his disciples in John chapter 13, verse 35 says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Does that say anything about agreeing about everything? No. That's speaking about loving one another. So when you love someone, does it mean that you have to agree on everything? No. Our, you know, there are certain things, like in, our, in, in this church, if you have a look at our membership form, we have our statement of beliefs. Those are kind of the, the things that we will stand on very firmly, who God is, who Jesus is, that Jesus died for us, that he rose again, that we all have a direct access to God, that our salvation is secure in him. Those are, are things that, that are non-negotiable. Those are the things that we stand on as true because that's what we see in scripture. Those are the things that are, are key to our faith. But there are other things that we might not all agree upon. For example, when I read the Bible and I see that God is God of order, I know he's German. <laughs> Kidding. Okay. Always on time. I tell you, it says there, God is God of order. I'm like, yeah. Okay. No, just, just kidding. But there are some things that, that we might not agree upon. But is that enough to stop the fellowship? It shouldn't be. Because Christ says that it is our love that will show the world uh, who he is. We choose unity. Where is unity? Is he not here today? Okay. We choose unity over our personal preferences. Um. Yeah, that's all I can say about that. We live in a world right now where there's... Have you ever heard of cancel culture? Okay, basically cancel culture is if I don't agree with you, I'm going to make sure nobody else ever hears from you. It's basically you, you cancel each other out, right? Is that, how, is that how you would describe it? Yeah. And so you see it a lot in social media. You see it a lot in Hollywood right now is if I don't agree with you, I'm going to attack your character and everything else. Can we agree that that is not biblical? That is not according to what we see in Scripture. 
It says in Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read it in, in two different uh, versions. The first one is NIV, and it says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. I'm going to read it in the NLT because there's, there's something incredible there as well. It says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. That to me is the key. Is we've all been given a purpose. We're not here to be mindless robots, you know, that we all have to agree with each other and we go on from that. No, there's a reason why God created us so differently, and each one brings their own strength through their differences, all right? But we have a purpose, and that purpose is to share Jesus with a lost and a dying world. Whatever people are dying from, the bottom line is people are dying. People are suffering. In our own nation, we know of so many people that are in need, whether it's physical need, emotional need, spiritual need. And so Philippians says so nicely that our purpose is not that we have to be one mind that thinks exactly the same, but that we agree that God put us on this earth to know him and to make him known to others. And that is what this world needs. Right now, the world is screaming with believe this, don't believe this, this is right, this is wrong, how dare you believe this? And the world needs to hear the quiet whisper of God's calling. Again, I come back to, we are the only people, we are the only Bible that many people will read, and that's a little bit of a freaky thought. So this morning as we go out, and I know that uh, some schools have already started, and uh, schools are starting now this, this week, and most of you have been just working, continuing working, be reminded that unity uh, is what God requires of us because it's through unity that we can show the world who he is. Um, I have a family member who, for many years, uh, the reason why she didn't want to know Jesus was she said, have you seen these Christians? They can't even agree with each other. How, how must I know what is right? And so let's not be that story. Let's be the story of John where where it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this uh, incredible morning that you've given us, Lord, a, a morning of, of being together, of um, being able to, to worship together, and, and even the time of coffee afterwards. Lord, I pray that as we go throughout our week that we'll always be reminded of uh, the fact that you call us to, to love one another, that we are to have unity, uh, even if that means that we don't agree upon everything. Lord, I thank you that you've created us so differently, with different talents, different giftings, different personalities, different characteristics. Uh, Lord, I thank you that, um, that you call us together, and as we read in your word, that it's not always easy, uh, but that you are the one that enables us to do that. So, Lord, I thank you for this church this morning. I thank you for all the churches in this country that are meeting. Lord, may we all go out and share Jesus with, with this dying world and hurting world and, um, and even those that, that, you know, that where we think we are totally fine, we don't need you. Lord, I pray that, um, that this country uh, will see uh, who you are and, and the joy uh, that there is in following you. 
and the security and the hope and the peace. So, Lord, I thank you for this morning, and I commit the rest of this week to you. Father, I pray that as we go throughout, that um, we'll spend some time with you looking at how, uh, how you would like us to serve, how you would like us to be part of the, uh, the key to reaching this nation. Lord, there's so many gifts as I look around in this church, so many incredible skills that you want to utilize. So, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for, for your, your spirit and your love. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.